What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. You're listening to episode 41. As always, I'm James. And I am Joseph King. And oh my God. First of all, let me say, I'm a little bit tipsy. Uh, Not sec- a surprise. No, I mean, that's that's probably typical for me. Um, second of all, this is a uh, fireside chat part two with me and James. But yeah, this if you listen to me and James did like kind of like a intimate podcast before, this is kind of going to be a little bit more into that. And it's going to be getting to know us a little bit. So what this is going to be, it's kind of like, a, I guess I have 20 questions. It isn't 20 questions the typical way, but I have 20 things that we're going to kind of like rapid fire and just... We're going to ask each other the question and feed off of it. 20 juicy questions, right? They are very They're juicy. They're going to dig deep, reveal some things maybe. Yeah, and and, and like um, hopefully I, it kind of starts off like this or that format, but uh, we kind of go down the rabbit hole a little bit, and uh, I think it's going to end with a, a comedic finale. Uh, I'm ready. Finale. Let's go for it. So number one, James, question number one. I wrote this as boobs or butt, but, you know, tits or ass? And why? Subjectively speaking, I mean, I have to go with the boobs. Like however, what? however, I do think a, a, a good balance of both <laughs> is yeah. key. Is key, is, is optimal. So, But if I had to pick one or the other, I have to go with boobs. You're a boobs man. So yep. if this was weird. This was hard for me. In more ways than one. <laughs> uh, but as I was younger, I was like a boobs guy. As I've gotten older, it's like that ass. Got to have that ass. I And I agree with you. I think you've got to have a balance of both. Like no man in their right mind is going to say they don't like boobs. You know what I mean? All no. men like boobs. But I think if you're a butt guy, that's, that's just like, oh, you're appreciating... The finer aspects <laughs> of the fair sex. They both drive men to do crazy things. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. And I mean, like the female body, I, I don't have nothing against gay people. I just don't understand it because it, it's like you said, like it's one or the other. It doesn't matter in the, in the, at the end of the day, it probably doesn't matter, but ideally you've got to have a little bit of both, but yeah, probably. like I said, if I had to choose one or the other, that's what I have to Boobs. choose. So and, you, I, and I'd go butt. You're going to lean more towards the so, rear end. So that and that, 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 so we're both. James is engaged. I'm married. It's not like we're trying to like we're leaving that to the side. But what the point of this is, a lot of these questions are either or questions, and we're trying to get to the point of like who are James and Joseph really? That's that's the real point of this. We're going to have to ask our audience as well. And yeah, we'll I have mean, to respond through through DM or through you, you, know, you know comment. Write us write us on Facebook uh, when you see this post on Facebook um, for this episode. Are you, as the men or women? You know, are you a boobs or a butt person? I worked with a, my partner on the ambulance. Uh, she is a lesbian, and uh, we we kind of had this conversation. She has always been a butt person, but her partner was always a boobs person. I was like, oh, well, that's kind of offsetting. But I was like, it's kind of like you're yin to that yang. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's the best <laughs> yeah. of both worlds. Yeah, why not? The female body itself is, is just... It's a work of art. You ever seen a, a man right. naked? No. It doesn't matter if they're jacked or not. Like a, a, I mean, yeah, like somebody just like completely has like the little... Some dude that has the lines and all their abs or whatever. You could, could like... You know, like the old, the old Greek statues, you know? 
that that could be <laughs> the, the that guy be, with the tiny. Penis. But they always had tiny dicks and tiny balls. The micro penis. But <laughs> those are, can be considered works of art. But the feminine feminine body, it is a work of art. It is, and everyone that's listening right now has been asked that same question. Yeah, boobs no. or butt. So don't sit there and turn your nose up. Yeah, at this topic because not you, at all. You have dived into this conversation with someone, whether it be a friend, whether it be your spouse, and you know, straight men and women, yeah, even right. Like <laughs> women talk about more sexual shit than you realize. One thing I've learned, especially over the last few years of being just getting older and everything, and just you, you, you learn to realize that women talk about more sexual shit than men do. Honestly, they really do. It's, it's something that. You're not aware as a guy that, that women are just as vulgar or just as perverted as you are. But spoiler alert, they are. And they're just as gross, if not grosser, than we are. So we're sorry if we offended with our boobs and butt, but you know you like it. But too, question ladies. one, I like it. Keep it going. Yeah, number one, boobs or butt. So James is boobs, I'm butt. Um, number two, beer or liquor? And this goes for like right now. Like you right now. Beer or liquor? Man. I have to go with liquor. I'm right there with you, man. I I am. I am. Uh, I'm kind of over beer. Like I like Guinness, Miller Light, and Rolling Rock are my domestics. Um, and I'll I'll drink beer. You know what I mean. But I, you have to drink so much beer to in really kind of like if you're trying to like have a good time, catch a buzz. You've got to drink <laughs> for way, us way more than one, and, and with. With alcohol, with liquor, I mean, you you drink one strong glass of some scotch or whiskey, and you're already there. You're already to the destination you want to be at. Yeah, and I, and I think honestly, it's like, well, if you if you're just drinking liquor all the time, you're an alcoholic, and there was a, always that old stigma. Like right. that's that's what alkies drink. Yeah, there's but a the negative same, connotation there. Are but at the same time, it's like you hit the nail on the head. Like right tonight, me and James, uh, while you listen to this podcast, are enjoying White Russians and. Uh, uh, it takes less of those than beer to reach the destination where we're trying to head. You don't want to get drunk, but I'm just saying to like have a good time, feel loose. And that's the thing. Like everything, like in people listening, it's like, well, you know, I can have four beers and be like good to go. And that's fine. True. I wish I could be that way. I grew up pounding alcohol and was borderline alcoholic during my younger teen to mid early adult years. Because back then... So my tolerance is too high. Right. Back then, man, when we were growing up, drinking beer was the thing because you had a trophy afterwards. You had your own cluster of empty beer cans right by your side, and you could brag, look how many beers that I just... Or you, you stacked them high on a, on a table. Is that yeah. what you're getting at? Yeah. And back then, it was cool to drink 10 beers, 12 beers. 15. But now that we're adults, I just want to get a little, a little buzz, tipsy. get a little loose. And, and liquor fun. liquor is the quick destination to that yeah. tropical, tropical place. And the <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to word it. Uh, it. It's weird because it's like you don't want to... Like, I like beer, but at this point in my life, like, I'm trying to, like, I've lost weight. I'm trying to eat healthy. I'm trying to yeah. do these things. Beer is empty calories, man. There's so many carbs in beer. It makes and me like, feel so bloated. Like, you know, people give us so many shit. 
so much shit, but we we drink every time we do the podcast. It seems like somebody, at least like the three out of the four of us, uh, or all of us at one time, depending on when what's going on. But uh, we're, we're we're drinking the the seltzers, the hard seltzers, and it's because it's like it's just water but with alcohol. And uh, like right now, I'm drinking this White Russian. The only thing the only thing bad I'll say about liquor, and this was my rebuttal to that case. Uh, there's a lot of sugar. Like, especially sugar. like when you want to drink like what we're drinking tonight, white Russians. A lot of sugar in white Russians. You've got to be conservative. Uh, Jack of and the Coke. Intake. Like like if you're just sitting there pounding like, oh, well, I don't drink beer, but I've had like 12 or 10 Jack and Cokes in one night. You got a lot of Coke, man. That, a lot of sugar. Well, not that Coke, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're right. There's a lot of, a a lot lot of, of sugar. A lot of sugar. And after a while, it gets to the point where you could get so tired of, of one particular drink because of how sweet it is. So you really got to be, you got to have the right, the right balance of what you put in your, your liquor and be selective. Which, I mean, I like liquor on the rocks, depending on yeah, what it is. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was going to get at. It was like, yeah, we're drinking white Russians tonight, but it was like, um, you know, I like an old fashioned or a Manhattan. Just some whiskey with a little, and you know, like if you make a real old fashioned the right way, yes, there is sugar in that. But or you could drink, you know, scotch whiskey on the rocks. I've really grown to like that. I have a bourbon at my house, and I honestly, for the life of me, I don't know what it is. I just I bought it, it was like forty four dollars at a liquor store, and the bottle looked cool, and it was a bourbon I'd never heard of, and I've had it, and it's really smooth. I really like it on the rocks. So we're we're at the age where we're gonna start collecting different not collecting different but, liquors and but but you're gonna own a liquor that you could pour into a glass with some ice yeah we're gonna have our own liquor cabinet kind of like our parents did back in the day because i feel like once you get past a certain age you put the beer away like we've said and you you appreciate the more expensive liquors the ones that you mm-hmm. can invest in and that will sit in your cabinet and they'll get better over time you could always pull it out when you've had a rough day and it will get you where you want to be. Where you want to be, and and a good a good point to that is like what I like what James said was like you you get over the beer and you move on, and like the one thing that's kind of like a, a thing that I'm really into now, especially when I cook, like I love liquor, like I love like whiskey, bourbon on the rocks, and I've really been a fan of vodka lately. So bourbon and vodka, I like just drinking those on the rocks, but man. I am falling in love with wine. Wine? I've never been a wine person. But I would say wine and any liquor, they're great conversation starters. You can sit down and have a nice conversation with whoever yeah. whoever you're, you know, you're with at the time, whether it be your, your best friend, an acquaintance that you barely know, or your fiancé, your wife. You can sit down. Have have a glass of whiskey and and really get deep into some conversation. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about liquor, and it's more of an adult uh, beverage versus uh, the, the, versus beer. The conversations are going to be more, more mature because when you're just sitting there trying to pound beer, like me, like we've it's drank, like a macho. Thing. We we've drank. Yeah, it's it it really is guy guy talk kind of thing. But it's it's not even that. It's like we've drank so much beer our whole lives. Like I could probably buy a twelve pack, and to I could have two whiskeys on ice to equate to eight to 10 beers right. to where I would be in that same headspace. And it's just like, I don't want to take in all those carbs and all those calories. I'm, I'm over it. That's, that's the weird thing about getting older is like, I always love beer, but I'm like, I don't really get it a is shit more it of an immature thing. Now. I mean, beer, beer is, is more of a, a party uh, beverage at this point. I, I just don't like, I, I like it. 
I really do. I like it occasionally. I, I like a beer like when I'm like if I'm on the grill and I'm barbecuing some chicken or something, I've got to be out there on a hot day or on a lake. Yeah, I, I would like a cold beer. But with that being said, I just want to be out having like, uh, you know, I'd rather have if I'm at my house. Like there is no beer in my house. All that's in my house, well, my wife, there are Modellos because she likes red beers. But like for me, I have like seltzers and, and bourbon and wine. I would say this. Those are things I like. It is fun and adventurous to grab a beer off of a shelf somewhere at a, at a supermarket or a pub and try it and fall in love with a new flavor or a new brand that you've never heard of. I'm into that kind of stuff. Not so much the craft the craft world, but but really good brewed, locally brewed beer that we've experienced around town. I'm not I'm not I'm opposed, in love with a few. I'm not opposed to trying like things that somebody wanna try, but I, and it's like I've said this on this podcast before. It's like I think the majority of people that wanna say they're into craft beer and like they they go and they get a different craft beer every weekend, those to me are the same people that wear a Ramones shirt or a Nirvana <laughs> shirt and can't name, there is me, a stereotype. name me one fucking song that they sing. You're right. There there is a stereotype that, that goes with that culture. But one it, thing they, I can't they're they're just doing it just to say they did it. I can't stand within the whole craft beer scene is the IPAs. I, I totally that, hate and IPAs. That's, that was the next thing I was gonna get at, man. Like I'm sorry to say this. And you know what? If you're hating on what I'm about to say, you're probably the type of person I just described. You drink craft beer just to drink it, or you know, you 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 wear a Ramon shirt and don't don't. If J- Joey Ramon, if he was still alive today, he'd or could a walk misfit past you shirt. on the uh, yeah, or a misfit shirt. <laughs> you you couldn't name me one fucking song, and that's that's what I'm about to say is that's who you are. But IPAs are very very. Very, very few and far between that are actually decent. I'm sorry. Dude, they're disgusting. I've never enjoyed an IPA that I can remember. And then, like, it's not so much India. IPAs I really don't care for, but, like, certain, like, where they're just pale L's, like Rogue, Rogue Dead Guy L, I really like that beer. It, and it's, like, fucking, like, 12 to 14% alcohol. It'll get you shit-faced. But it, that one I don't mind. It is a pale L. It's not an IPA, though. India pale L's, man, are just so fucking hoppy and it, it they are too strong and the bit the bitter sweet taste that they have i just can't get i can't push through because my, it's just too much it's overpowering my favorite beer is guinness so that's a that's technically a stout or a porter one of the two uh guinness is technically a stout um porters would be more towards like the the guinness extra stouts the the yellow label that that's a more of a porter uh, porters are a little bit harder. That's kind of like the the IPA of dark beer, I guess you could say. Um, but I like Guinness. I like foreign beers. Like when I want to try a beer, I'm going to try a beer that's been in existence since the dawning of time. And like, you know, you go to Market 33 or some of these li- liquor stores and they have like all these like little microbreweries and these these uh, these like uh, these breweries with uh, that are made in Texas or whatever. I don't want that shit. Carbock and all that. Yeah. And they're, they're, don't get me wrong. They all have like decent beers that I like. There's one or two in between that they I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. But it goes back to what we talked to. A lot of those uh, uh, craft beers are full of sugars. The carbs are so fucking heavy. To me, if you really want to appreciate beer, you need to drink like uh, imports. Like 
German beers, Japanese beers, Chinese beers, uh, Irish stripe, Irish beers, Jamaican it's beer. Italian, like uh, you know a Peroni or or a, a Hogarden, like a German beer, like Foster's. Foster, I you know me and the wife went to uh, Outback last night. I can't go to Outback without having a Foster. Um, these are the the thing that you don't realize is like America <laughs> didn't get beer right ever. Like we have like our taste that we've grown used to, but majority of the beers like Bud Light, Miller, you know, even High Life, even things that aren't light beers, those are so watered down compared to like how they drink beer in the rest of the world. Yeah. I'd rather I would personally rather drink beer from another country. Like I'd rather I'd I'd rather have a Sapporo over whatever the fuck is popular in Austin. You know, does that make sense? I'm just a fan of anything that tastes good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a beer connoisseur. I, I, I'm so I'm such a novice at this particular topic. But but speaking of of, of beer, you know, it's got to be something that I'm going to go back to repeatedly. Yeah, it's, especially if it's beer. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're going to have to sit there and drink that to catch like a decent buzz. And I want to venture out and try more. That's why foreign I like, beers. That's why I like imports because, like, there's like you know what's funny is like there's a beer that's kind of like really kind of nasty, but I would take this shit foreign beer. I think it's from Germany. Um, no, it's English. It's an English beer. Um, but I would take this over any IPA you could ever give me, and it would probably it's it. I guarantee it's ten times more strong than any IPA you could f- put in front of me. It's called Old Speckled Hen, and you may have heard of this, but it's kind of like this ruby red ale. And it comes from England, and it tastes like ass, but it's way better. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you're if you're one of those people just trying to drink, uh, craft beer, t- try try f- imports first before you knock stuff like Carlsberg. Carl's there are two beers that are the most popular in Ireland, and one is Guinness, like Draft. Guinness Draft is the one that comes in the can. And then there's extra stout, which only comes in a bottle. But uh, Guinness Draft uh, is the black can. You can get it in a bottle too. But if you get it in a bottle, it's it's not made and it's not imported from Ireland. Uh, the Guinness Draft comes straight from Ireland. the The second most popular beer is the sponsor of their national uh, football soccer team. Uh, it's called Carlsberg, and it's from Amsterdam. And it is like it's 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 almost like Heineken. It comes in the green. It, Green bottles give it that skunky flavor. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Dos Equis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Carlsberg is really, really good. And so if, you, if you're on the fence and you're just trying to drink fucking, you're the type of person that goes to the liquor store and buys like a, you want to drink a fucking different uh, craft beer every week just to try it. If you, I have no problem with you wanting to do that. But if you haven't tried all of the imports first, I'm sorry, you're not a real fan of like trying to like try different beers. The one thing that I hate about the whole craft scene is that when you when you go to a place and you, you want to try the beer, they give you a little sample, right? Mm. That sample is not enough to really decide if you like that beer no, or not. No, yeah, like and it may be it may be appeasing to you at the time if it, it, it's as it tastes be- good, but then you once you get it, as beers sit like. They can lose a lot of taste and a lot of texture, and that's a problem with a lot of uh, craft beer. Is the once they're out of the spout, the carbonation goes away. 
if any heat gets to those beers, they sit for any period. They just taste fucking terrible. I just hate that they're so expensive because once you purchase one and you think you like it, but after you get really deep into it, you're like, damn, I just paid $5 for this beer and I absolutely hate it. I'm stuck with it. Yep. Yep. That's why I don't like craft beer, but I guarantee you this, you could take, you could go up to like any place that has like something that was imported from like a different country. And it was like their main beer of origin. You're going to have, you're going to be like, "Eh, I don't really like this. But you're not going to be like, fuck, I'm stuck with it. You'll finish it. Right. And I get what you're saying with with the foreign beers and the import beers. You've got to try those before you can get really get into any type of craft beer. Because those, those beers that are across the pond, they've been brewed for centuries. They, they've been around for so long. Mm-hmm. You've, got to, you've got to experience. There's a reason for that. Yeah, you've got to experience you know, the birthplace of, of where Guinness is from in Ireland. You've got to, you've got to go... To Europe, Amsterdam, you, you've got you've got to try all these different beers like beer, that are that that have the the, the notoriety and I mean, that have stood the test of time. Like it's it's great. Some imports or excuse me, some craft beers are really good, but you know, beer did not come from this country, and a lot of these countries have gotten it right, and there's a reason for it, and they keep doing it to this day. Right. I mean, beer's been around for thousands of years, and wow. I, I'm I'm really interested in trying new beer, so. I'm such an idiot when it comes to learning beer and, and all the the different types that are out there that I've never tried before. If you anybody listening, if you have any good suggestions, throw them our way because I'm I'm down to to give them a try. But and yeah, and to piggyback, piggyback off what James said, like we're not against craft beer as a total. It's just it, there are a lot of craft beers. If you're a real craft beer connoisseur, you know there's a lot of shit. You've probably drank a lot of terrible beer. Oh, yeah. Um, I went to that goddamn craft beer fest in New Mexico. And, A, I already hate the state of New Mexico anyway. Um, but that was probably some of the worst beer. Every single beer that I got, I was like, oh, this is terrible. This well, is terrible. Everybody, this is the terrible. problem is everybody thinks that they can brew their own. And, and not everybody <laughs> yeah. has a capability that's, to that's, make a good brew of beer with just a kit that they bought online. And that's how the sad thing is, the sad reality is that's how a lot of fucking craft beer breweries start. They get the money, they can they can pr- afford the equipment and they think, "Oh, I know what I'm doing because I watched like three YouTube videos when I was fucking high one night." It's just yeah, YouTube and all these different punk companies that are pumping out all these kits, it's just kind of watered down the entire uh novelty of making beer and doing it at your own home i mean it's just everybody's doing it Mm -hmm. and so we both chose liquor james real quick uh we we won't go into depth but uh give me like a one liquor your what is your go-to liquor if i had to choose one it'd probably be crown crown just crown royal just crown royal crown royal is fucking phenomenal um if i had to pick one mine would be bullet bourbon uh, the orange label. Oh, I had that the other night. Aaron had some. Um, though I usually get that's the one I buy for my house. Yeah. But anytime I'm out, there's a green label they make, which mm, is the rye. The rye, yeah. And that one's re- that's the one that I love to like make old fashions or Manhattans out of. Like the Bullet Bourbon straight, the orange label is what I like to drink on the rocks. But if I'm out at like a like a decent restaurant that knows how to make cocktails, like like a la Crush, Cork. Uh, cork and uh, what's the cask one? and cork? Cask and cork. Like they 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 know how to make their cocktails. I want to uh, find a go to cocktail. I really hadn't found one yet. Uh, that I, I I I think you really need to start just ordering old fashions. 
because they're going to come with the maraschino cherry and the right. orange and everything and the sugar. Like it, old fashions are great, and old fashions with uh, bullet bourbon with the rye, and like the bomb city vodka drinks that we had that yep. night that we all went out at the distillery. I mean, they were great. It's just it once you throw back two or three. You're already yeah. like, man, these are really sweet. I don't know how many more I can have. That's the, we, we had the bullfrog, that's, that's which the, were delicious. That's the problem with vodka. A lot of people are afraid. They just like think that because vodka just does taste like alcohol. And so they're, they're not going to drink it on the rocks. But there's a vodka that I love. It's called Helix Vodka. And it's kind of like this. It, it's a vodka from, I think it's, I think it's Russian. I'm not sure, uh, but I love Helix Vodka. I've bought in like three bottles lately, and it's it's kind of like you put it on the rocks, and it has like this sweet taste. It's definitely not a vodka. You don't want to make like like if I like the one drink that I love is like a dirty Grey Goose Martini, right? I love dirty martinis because they put that olive juice in there, and it's fucking I love that shit. But a uh, the Helix Vodka you don't want to make a martini out of because it's very sweet. It's a sweet vodka, but it's definitely one that you could pour over some ice and sip on. Yeah, it doesn't have that very like punch you in the face alcohol flavor, they're like just, like Stolichnaya or some of these right. other vodkas. With have. vodka, they're whenever I order a vodka, a mixed drink, there's always a trend. The trend is pour the fuck out of the cranberry juice, pour the fuck yeah. out of the the, to, the to, soda, whatever it is that to is negate, being mixed to with negate it, the fact that right, the vodka and you're tastes. just you're tasting more of that taste instead yeah. of the vodka. And if I have if I'm getting a vodka cocktail, I want just a couple splashes of whatever is mixed. Yeah, with it, it. That's and that's how you should have anything anything that has vodka in it. You want a splash. There's nothing wrong with having a screwdriver, but you don't want like somebody sitting there taking their time out of their day pouring orange juice into a glass. You know what I mean? Yeah, three quarters of the way orange juice, and then just like a couple shots of no, vodka. no, 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 no. That's that's not a good cocktail. You're not getting the the vodka. Like, but I want to yeah, taste it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring some Helix over on next week's podcast. Uh, if, I, I may bring that for our podcast we do with the the two ladies that we're gonna do here at the end of the week. Uh, spoilers for our Bomb City locker room talk. Crime scene. I guess what what are we calling this? Crime true podcast. Crime true crime. Amar- true Amarillo crime podcast. Uh, we are going to have at the end of the week um, two ladies who their father was the very first homicide detective in Amarillo, Texas, and they uh, investigated. He investigated. Excuse me. Uh, J. Kelly Pinkerton murders as well as Johnny Frank Garrett. And if you're a fan of true crime in Amarillo and you know anything about those two names I just said. Holy shit, this is going to be awesome. So, But yeah, I may bring that Helix Vodka for that. I can't wait, man. That's going to be a great podcast. One that everyone's going to remember for a long time. We're going to we're gonna step it up. And like some of these answers don't have to be as detailed as we've gotten because we're only on question number two. But number three, uh, you know, I had two things written down, but I wanna, I, I, I'm going to change it. Uh, James, give me your, your, your favorite, like the one classic car you wish you could own. Probably a, a six anywhere from sixty four to sixty six Mustang, where whether it be just your traditional coupe, two door, or fastback Mustang, even a sixty eight, even mm. go as far as sixty eight Mustang. Dude, I, I've always fell in love with the body that style. Body style, yeah. The the history of the Mustang, it's just a historic brand, and, and man, it, they stay. They've always stood the test of time. You know, they're in the eighties. It kind of got away from the the. the beautiful body style but mm. even in the 80s those 5.0s they were still really cool cars i, I love 5.0 mustangs uh but i'm 100 percent with you um 
Like those are the only two Mustangs. Like I growing up, like when I was young and stupid, I was like, oh, I want to like a. You remember how those Mustangs looked in like two thousand, two thousand one? Those body styles. Yeah, I wanted one of those. But as I grew older, I was like, that's a chick car. A Mustang is a chick car. But the body style of like a sixty four to sixty eight, uh, man, it's just such a classic car. It's very iconic. I love the the uh, indentions in the doors all uh-huh. the way down. The front of the car is iconic. The headlights, the grill, just the curvature of the entire automobile is just is just perfect. And I will have to say, my an honorable mention would be a '57 Chevy two door. Oh, just old pickup. Dad, no, no car. Oh, car. Okay. Yeah, man, those '57 Chevys with the fins. Mm-hmm. Man, they're they're awesome. If I could ever get my hands on one of those, and if I had the money to afford See, it, those those fif- I would own those one. '50s Corvettes are so cool to me. Yeah, like the the original the OG Stingrays, like those are those are really cool. Um, you know. Because of my dad and my uncles, I've always grown up hating Fords, and the proof is in the pudding. My wife, she's had a Ford, and it's it's a Ford Escape, and we've had so many fucking problems. We've had to send it to the dealership. I legitimately wrote a three-page letter to the Ford dealership in Detroit because we've had, like, so many issues. We've had to go to, the like, uh, the actual dealership with the problems we've had. They did a recall on them. I don't like Fords. But with that being said, man, you can't discount like what Henry Ford did. Like we would not have the vehicles we had today with without Henry Ford, and and the Mustang itself, like the '64 to '68, '69 Mustang. That's a, that's an iconic car. It is, and just the name alone, Henry Ford, man. Yeah, like I like I said, I, I don't like Fords, but Fords pre nineteen. I, I would say pre nineteen ninety five, pretty good shit. I, I would say until they started making F one fifties. Sorry, Amos. Uh, <laughs> old Ford trucks even like yeah. had problems. I would say I'm not a Ford truck guy. Mm. I'm either Chevy or Dodge. I've currently have a Dodge. I've I've had a Chevy growing up. I've also had a GMC, which yeah, you know, G- they're, they're gen- great trucks. Gen- as well. General Motors, I think, got the truck right. With that being said, I think Ford makes decent cars. Like the GTO, like the race cars and things like that, uh, the Mustang. I just don't. I feel like they got they fucked up in trucks at some point. I don't know. I don't know what happened with that, but I just don't like Ford trucks. If I had to own a Ford truck, it would have to be one of the Ford Raptors. I really like those. Trucks. Those are cool. Those are cool. I'm just kind of like iffy on it with the whole Ford thing. Like uh right now i i've every truck i've owned i've owned four trucks in my life and they've all been gm products general motors i've had a i've had two sierras and then i've had i had a silverado for 13 years and then i had a and now my new truck is another silverado um, i would say uh nissan my dad had a nissan dude nissan titans are pretty up. good and 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 toyota tundras it was a, made really he had well. a two door Standard little Nissan truck had a had yep. a, a bed cover on it, a camper, and that truck lasted well over two hundred fifty thousand miles. My uncle's first truck, uh, my uncle Chad, he had a uh, red Nissan truck, and it was uh, you know uh, front front end. No, there was like the tiny little seats in the. It may have had the tiny seats, or maybe it was single cab only. I can't remember, but it, you know it, it was standard. And man, I love that truck. And he loved that truck, and it, it it he drove the shit out of that thing. I can't get over how 
easy 90s trucks were to work on. And I, I will always, always love that time period of any Chevy truck because they're so easy to work on and they're so, the parts are always accessible. They're easy to, to, to take apart. And I had a, a 1995 Chevy, Chevy Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Yeah, and that truck you drove everywhere, man. I it love was, that It was truck. a manual transmission. I love that truck. Uh, I had to replace the transmission once. It's so weird that that was a Cheyenne. The Cheyennes were weird. They don't make them anymore. But honestly, all the Cheyenne was was a Silverado without the uh, the extended cab. Yeah, it was, it was small, to say the least. It, it was tiny. Whoever had it... Prior to my ownership, they put custom seats in it. I was gonna say, was the the you, you know the console where like the the felt the mm. fabric on that that was all custom. It was all custom inside. That was nice. It was, and I upgraded the the sound system in it. I put a, a, yeah. a deck in it. I put. A I remember you, wa- you you wasted my day at Tunes and Tent. <laughs> yeah, and Tunes I, and Tent. Damn, we were there forever. Yeah, you remember walking across the Western Plaza parking lot all the way over to uh, where. Jaguars used to be. Yep. Just walking around, just killing time. Yep, because we were waiting on them to do your fucking sound system. I didn't have anything better to do. Yeah, man. That was ba- back when we drank beer. That was probably like <laughs> 2006, two, uh, 2006 no, 2007. I, it, it was before you graduated. It was before we graduated. Okay. I can't remember. I think it was 2005, 2006. Anyway. Yeah. Missed that truck. Good good times. I love that truck. Um, my dream car, uh, classic car, would be a 71 Chevelle. And I... I cannot believe oh, yeah. with the resurgence of Corvettes and the Camaro, the way they redid the Camaro, I really cannot believe that General Motors has not made a new Chevrolet Chevelle. Like, especially with like how the Dodge Challenger has kind of that uh that uh that old, that school, old school body yeah. style to it almost like it, it the Dodge Challengers really look like muscle cars. Yeah, they there's the the Charger and the Challenger but the challengers really have that kind of like old school body style. I would think that I I think they'd make a killing if they brought the Chevelle back. But yeah, 71, 69 to 71. A lot of people like say 69. But if you know anything about cars, 71 Chevelle is when they really perfected it. And a 71 Chevelle, I want I want like midnight black with pearl white stripes. Um pearl white is that kind of a like in between white off-white. off-white to cream color. Yeah. Uh, uh, dual stripes going from the hood scoop down to the back. Yep. That 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 would be my dream car. Man, any any vehicle that is just jet black, I can dig. Man, I love black vehicles. If I didn't do that, I would do I would do apple candy apple red with cream stripes. Oh yeah. Oh, you colors. What's up? Uh, that's a nice that's a nice looking color color combo especially for a muscle car man like right. the, the candy apple red with some cream the candy stripes apple with the crimson with a little bit crimson-y of crimson red man mm. yep hey i agree with you on that yeah, one yeah that's that's uh 71 chevelle man that's that to me a chevelle it doesn't matter like if you could like put pick i think i'm pretty sure so i used to own a 69 thunderbird and it had a 429 so Fords always did the the odd number on their engine blocks. I'm pretty sure a 71 Chevelle, you could get a 460 in. So here's the thing. Like That's a, a big-ass engine. A 460 and a 71 Chevelle, and that came stock, mm-hmm. by the way. That's blowing the fuck. At, that, that'll beat a Camaro. 
That'll be the Corvette. That'll be a fucking uh, Mustang. Anything off the line. That is that to me. A '71 Chevelle with a 460 big block is the epitome Tons of muscle. Of That's muscle. That's a muscle car. Like it's like, hey, what's up, bitch? You ain't beating this. You cannot get any better than the muscle car era. I mean, that that is the the pinnacle of car manufacturing. But that's what's crazy about it. Like the that time period from like '65 to '75, cars, whether it was uh, GM or Ford, they were fucking putting big ass fucking engines and anything. Like it's like you know, I the car that I had that I sold to you. You know, it was a 1969 T Bird. T-Bird was a luxury vehicle. That was like your. It had the Landau suicide doors. Yeah, it was a classic. Um, it, it's a very, it's a very like a uh, high hoity. That was Ford's like. This is our hoity toity vehicle, but it came with a four twenty nine engine. Right, that's a big fucking motor, man. But how? With if you equate how heavy the damn car was, it's like okay, it had that big of a motor, but oh yeah, shit, it's a boat. It drove like a boat. Yeah. It, it, it had to have that much horsepower to move that motherfucker around. Because it was, and that you know what the cool thing about it is, like, um, you've seen pictures of like or heard of like um, motor vehicle accidents with some of those old the way the body style was. Like it's just a steel frame, steel. Yeah, it, it would dent the fuck out of it. But it's not made out of just sheet like, metal. Like say, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like like a like a nineteen ninety eight uh, Civic Honda Civic would oh, wreck into fuck. it. Just be destroyed, and the the Ford would be like, oh, I'm good. I mean, we we now drive tin cans around. Fiber, oh yeah, fiberglass. My 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 truck pieces is a shit. My truck looks super nice. Like this is the nicest vehicle I've ever owned. But at the same time, it's like it's it's, it's it, it hits a tree. It's fucked. Yep. It's totaled. It's like my my little 2006 Kia that was sitting in front of the house that night when we were gone. We had dinner one night, and I had it parked in the street. Someone came around the corner, hit that thing, and they weren't paying attention. Apparently, they had a drink spill in their lap, which that's probably a lie, but totally totaled that car. And that car had no chance, man. It wrecked the shit out of it. And that just is a testament to how cheap cars are made these days. I mean, I'm sure that the, the chick wasn't going that fast, probably like 20 miles an hour, and just totally fucked it, man. Totally annihilated it. Oh, yeah. Um, to keep it moving... Number four question. Greatest football team of all time. I want you to give me your greatest. Well, who do you think, non-biased opinion, is the greatest NFL team of all time and the greatest college football team of all time? Start with college. Man. College. I think it's good. we're going to have the same answer. That's hard. That's a hard and tough question because we've had such great play throughout college football the past five years even. And arguably, the, the 2019 LSU Tigers They're pretty good. are up there with one of the greatest teams of all time. But I have to stick with what I've lived through and what I've experienced. So I would have to say the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Miami Hurricanes. Yep, yep. That's, that's mine. And a uh, close second would probably be a tie between – uh, 04 USC, yeah, or 2019 LSU. You know, mine's definitely 100. percent 01 Miami Hurricanes. You look at that roster; like it had what it had like uh, 
God damn, look at all the NFL prospects that turned out of that. Uh, Jeremy Shockey was on that team. Wasn't Ed Reed on Ed that Reed, team? Ed Reed, yep. Like, the, that, that team was insane. And that is, to me, the best. A lot of old heads would say, like, maybe like the 71 Cornhuskers. Yep. But I, I really think... Or even it, the 90s uh, Nebraska teams, I mean, with... Nobody, nobody's beating that 2001, that defense, that Miami Hurricanes team. I mean, you had Clinton Portis, Andre Johnson. Jesus Christ. Bryant McKinney. Uh, Ken Dorsey at quarterback, which he was, he was a pretty average quarterback. Uh, he, was a, he was a game he was a fisher. Yeah, he was a game he, man. He didn't have to be Superman out there. Uh, Jonathan Vilma on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. One of the best, probably the best, probably the best Jet of all time. I'm sorry, Broadway Joe. But uh, Jonathan Vilma was amazing for the New York Chets. James Lewis at sa- strong safety. Ed Reed at free safety. I mean, the list goes on and on. DJ Williams at outside linebacker. I mean, they, they had a stacked roster on both sides of the ball. Now, you, you picked, you picked uh, Joe Burrow's uh, second to last uh, or his senior year. You picked that team um, and as he, your number two. He arguably had the best season of any college football quarterback of all time. The o, the 04 uh USC Trojans is up there. Um the next the following year they couldn't get it done. They lost to the Texas Longhorns, which uh, fucking w- w- fluke w- but win. exactly, I was going to say on paper. I'm so sick of hearing To me on paper, that team was that USC team was better than the previous year. And I really can't believe they lost that game. I still can't believe they lost that game. Well, they lost it with seconds left on the clock. But still, I just... And they lost to Vinci. I personally feel like the 05 USC Trojans was better than the 04 Trojans. They just didn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, you you had a stacked roster yet again. I mean, one thing about having a great team is they have depth. If you're encountering greatness on, on the offensive side of the ball or defensive side of the ball, you've got guys two or three deep, even deeper than that, that can step in and, and be effective once they step on the field. And those teams had depth. They had young talent. They had they had perennial All-Americans starting. I mean, it, it was just a stacked roster from, from top to bottom. You know, one thing about the USC, you remember Lofa Tatupo mm-hmm. at linebacker? That guy, I remember just watching him play and like – I was amazed at how how fast he could fill a hole, how he could just run down, running back in the flats, you know, catching a swing pass or whatever it may be. The guy was just all over the field. He he was one of those difference makers and an impact player. They Dwayne Jarrett on the other side of the ball, playing receiver, was a great receiver, caught everything, had a huge radius. I mean, and you had Lindell White as a fullback. That dude was a bruiser. You had Reggie Bush in the backfield behind Lindell White. Uh, and, then, like, that's the thing, like, right? Do you remember, like, nobody knew when Lindell White was playing for UFC, USC, he was going to be the – he was the talk – he was like, holy shit, there, we've never seen a running back like this, and he's going he's gonna to break all kinds of NFL records, and then he had, like, the shittiest fucking – Reggie Bush went on to have a better career. Yeah, he Lindell won a Super Bowl White. with the the Saints. the Saints. So, I mean, he had a decent career. Lindell White wasn't Lindell, bad. Lindell White didn't really. He didn't even 
materialize after college. No, no, he did. Reggie had a decent. Re- Reggie had a decent stint. career, but what I'm saying is, is like Lindell White was like a beast in college. He was, and then, and then that 05 season, Reggie Bush really kind of broke out and was like the star of college football. And what's crazy is Matt Liner. You know, I you know we we talked about this earlier tonight. We were talking about like uh, quarterbacks that had amazing college careers, like like Joe Burrow, Tim Tebow. Um, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Vince Young, but but Matt Leinart had a great college career. He did. He was on great teams, and you know he he didn't have to be Superman either. He, he could a, be a game manager we, we, if he if you, he had to. You be. could argue, you know, it's like uh, it's it's weird, right? Like gun to your head, um, just to run an offense, especially like a college offense. You had Matt Leinart or Troy Aikman. You'd probably take Matt Leinart. Like Matt Lyon was probably a better college quarterback than Troy Aikman. Yeah, Troy. It, it, great it, arm. It, what 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 I, what I'm getting at with saying this was Matt Leinart probably had the college career that Troy Aikman had in the NFL. Does that make sense? Yeah, and and you know Troy Aikman was solid in college, and if if it weren't for him getting hurt that '85 season at OU, he would have went on to win a national championship that year at OU, and he wouldn't have transferred. Yep. But that injury. Send him to Cal. Send him to Cal, and he he transferred away. It was UCLA. Yeah, sorry, not Cal. But things happen for a reason. I meant California. The one team that Jamel most – Jamel Holloway. The, the, the team that people other than USC count as Cal, which, sorry, Cal, but <laughs> UCLA or USC are the two teams in oh, California. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not, not Cal. But, you know, Troy Aitman getting hurt. Jamel Holloway comes in. OU wins national championship on, yeah. on the coattails of a freshman. But, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a quarterback to run my offense to lead me through a season, I would have to choose Baker Mayfield because of his ability to run the spread. And he is, he, he has such a competitive edge. He's got a chip on his shoulder. You would take Baker He's got May- the intangibles. You would take Baker Mayfield over Joe Burrow as far as college goes. As a career, yes. He, Baker Mayfield had a better career. Versus Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had that one great season, but that's the thing. Like Baker had to prove himself, and he, that's why he got stuck. He got stuck at college for longer because well, he, he was, loved playing college football. He loved I, playing for his dream school, and he okay, okay. He, he wanted to who's exhaust a, who's his eligibility. Who's a better, he wanted to win a national who's championship. A better, who's a better college quarterback, uh, Baker Mayfield or Tim Tebow? Tim Tebow. It depends on the system you want to run. But who's a better college quarterback? I go with Baker Mayfield. Tim Tebow, man. Tim Tebow is probably the, he had the second best college quarterback of all time. He behind had the Johnny Football. <laughs> I would I will say Tim Tebow is one of the greatest college fo- football quarterbacks of all time because of his his longevity, the career that he had, the body of work. Yes, but if I'm running my offense and I'm I'm wanting to put together and you know, assemble a, a team, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield versus Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is very inconsistent. He's not very accurate. He's a bruiser. He, he, he it's hard to take him down. But you know, you know what? what's sad? You know what's sad? I need about a guy it? that's pinpoint. You know what's sad about that whole uh, Florida team? Like when Tebow was there, mm-hmm. uh, they're all, they all got arrested. No, but no, well, no, now. But uh, um, besides Tebow, um, but uh, what was his name? Chris Leak. Mm-hmm. He was in a pretty good. I just feel like his style of play did not fit that system. But he was a damn good college quarterback. And then got replaced by Tebow. His he was senior year. 
That's well, he fucked won the up. national championship with Florida, and then Tebow. It was Tebow mania after that. I mean, Tebow, you cannot deny his intangibles are 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 unmatched. They're amazing. His will during a game to push his team to victory is just incredible. The guy, yeah, is he has that going that's, for him. That's why to my to me, in my opinion, uh, the best college quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion, go Tim Tebow, Doug Flutie, uh, Johnny Manziel, Joe Burrow. By by, just, by way of what they accomplished. It's so hard to Joe Burrow. It's like okay, it's weird. It's weird. List, yeah, you know? it's weird because like okay, Tebow national championship, Doug Flutie national championship, Johnny Manziel didn't win a national championship, but uh, when he was able to beat that defense with uh, Nick Saban in Alabama, what he did in Tuscaloosa his his second yeah. his second year starting. Was and it's kind of like kind of crazy. It's kind of like him and Baker Mayfield. There's a lot of parallels there because they they had good offenses, right? But they they had shit for defense. I'll and tell they, you what, it was impressive that they had the career they had despite the defense that they were playing with on their own team. I'll tell you what, man, because they didn't help them out any. Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel are probably the two best. Uh, they have that swagger, right? Like they have that, they had that, that it factor, mm-hmm. uh, that, that mama mentality that we talk about. That attitude. They, they, they were like, I'm going to go in and win it. And they talked a lot of shit, Killer but instinct. they backed their shit up in college football. Uh, okay. So we both agree that 2001 Miami hurricanes are the number one, mm-hmm. uh, college team of all time. Who's the number one NFL team of all time. Man, that's a tough one too. A lot of people in my, I'll, I'll start. A lot of people say that it's 72 dolphins. Yeah, because they went undefeated, but but I'll pick the team that different went, era. I'll pick the team that went undefeated but lost the Super Bowl. I think the 07 Patriots, 07 Patriots, are the best NFL team of all time. Man, they or or the 2002 Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I, yeah, the, the Ravens. Their defense that, that year defense was was stacked. fucking insane. And it was a Dilfer at quarterback. You didn't need to have a Superman at quarterback. A you game just needed manager. someone that could hey hey that could be efficient to hand the ball off. Make the make the sticks make the sticks not say fourth down. That's all. That's all that mattered. Right. I mean that 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 Patriot team. I was really rooting for them to win that final game with it being the Super Bowl, playing the Giants. Giants are a wild card I, team. I wanted. I wanted to. I. I didn't want them to win because of being an Eagles fan. They the, the Super Bowl in two thousand four, but I was so sick and tired of hearing that goddamn seventy two Dolphins and like Don Shula, like kiss my dick. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and and you can't really Larry Zonka <laughs> then to now because of the style of football that was played then and now. It is so different. Even at that point, man, the Dolphins. I can't believe they, they, they were great in their own right. I cannot believe that 07 team with you know Tom Brady. Randy Moss, Wes Welker, loss. Does a fucking Eli Manning led Giants? It blows my mind. I still can't believe it. And that that's the thing. Honestly, honestly, I bet money that's like what keeps Brady going. He's like, fuck, I'm still pissed about that. Yeah. It wasn't probably losing to a backup quarterback in Nick Foles because that was later in his career. But that 07 one to that shit ass team that was like, what? What did they finish? Like nine and seven? Going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think God, they were God damn. They weren't a good team. 
They were second. Philadelphia got knocked out in the fucking first round, but they had a better record. They were the division champs. Well, with David Tyree in the Super Bowl and that stupid catch, man, if that catch doesn't happen, which he should have been sacked fucking three times on that play, if that play never happened, Patriots New England wins. are Super Bowl champs. 17-0. It's a stupid, lucky, fluke throw, fluke catch, and you never heard of David Tyree again after that catch. Yeah, no. Like, what do you know about him? Oh, he had gum stuck to his helmet once in his life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> man, my, I'd have to go with one of the Cowboys in the nineties. Probably the ninety-two. I was one. I was wondering if you were going to do that. Probably the ninety-two Cowboys, just because, man, they went through so much to get to that point. And, and you know, you go from the bottom of the league in the late eighties, and then you get to ninety. You're still you're doing better. Ninety-one, showing improvement. You know, you got. You got Michael Irvin. You got Troy coming around. He he's playing a lot better ball. And then you draft him at Smith. Man, that first championship that the Cowboys won in the '90s, I'd have to go with them. They were they were stacked on the offensive line, on the defense. They just they could move the ball at will, and they had great great secondary players, great great safeties. You know, with Darren Woodson and those guys. So, man, I have to go with the '92 '93 Cowboys. You know, I don't. I was wondering if you were going to throw the Cowboys in there. I just personally feel there's better. NFL, I mean, they NFL they teams. arguably should have won four in a row in the '90s. They're so close to beating San Francisco at, at Candlestick, and just they came up short. they are the that 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 team uh, with um, Johnson as coach. Yep. They they the, the, the infamous trade that he they, made. That is the closest thing to me. Is like the. The uh, Kobe Shaq Lakers, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, trading Herschel Walker away and getting all those draft picks seemed insane at the time. But But what happened? It turned out that he was a genius because he he chose wisely with those picks and he built a dynasty. Can't argue with it. I agree. I agree. I don't want to talk about it because uh, (laughs) fuck the Cowboys. Uh, But number six... Well, it should be five, but I can't read what I wrote for five at all. Fuck. It says favorite something to fight on, but that's not what I wrote. I don't know what it, what it was. Um, so we'll go ahead and skip to number six. One fear you are legitimately afraid of or something you are afraid of. Like, what is one thing you're afraid of? Oh, man. I'm afraid of heights. You've always hated heights. I can't stand heights. I don't really like roller coasters either because... I don't see the point in something that makes you so fearful. Like you, you're, you're on the brink of maybe losing your life, and that's like really exciting to some people. But for me, it's just not. It doesn't do it for me. I get deathly afraid of being up high and then high speed jolting down the, a roller coaster. I just can't. So heights is is mine. I don't like heights either, but that's I'm fine with it. When I was in the fire academy, we had to do like building repelling. I, I I was fine with that. It was weird, but I'm with you. Like if I'm in a situation where I'm like way up high, and something just doesn't feel right, I don't mm. like it. But I'm not deadly afraid of it. Mine is probably spiders. I hate spiders. No, I don't know why. I don't have like an arachnophobia. Like if there's one, it could be like a black widow or a brown recluse. If it's just one, that's fine. But like those videos of like just like tons of fucking spiders. If I'm in a room where I just have spiders everywhere, fuck that. 
I, I can't do that. I can I deal. I can deal with spiders because I can. I'm bigger than them, and I can kill them. Right. I don't have a problem with one, but I'm saying like, have you seen those ones where like they're in like a room that's just been like some? It's some Eastern European bullshit. Yeah. And, and they're it's just like, like in the corner, and, and, they all and they're all brown loose. recluses or black widows. And it's just like fucking. They just scatter. I'm just like, mm, nope, don't like that. You wouldn't like the that. Monster Hunter movie because there's a lot of those huge spiders mm-hmm. that are larger than life that chase. No, I don't like that. And I, and like, <laughs> I don't really have a fear of snakes. But goddamn, if I was in a room and there was like three rattlesnakes, fuck that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, fu- I'm fuck snakes. Yeah, I can't. I can't be in a room with snakes or um, be around a snake. Number seven. Who is your favorite athlete? Of all time. I would have to go with Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> Why? He's just a freak, man. At that position. There's he, only in my opinion, there's only been one other one other athlete at that position that is similar to Adrian Peterson and the athleticism, the power, the speed, and that's Eric Dickerson. I think Adrian Peterson is the best pound for pound college running back of all time. He's a Hall of Famer in the NFL too. He's going to get yeah, in. Yeah, he's he's great in the NFL, but I feel like his body of work in college, man. But he could have done so much more. He he was injured. He broke his collarbone. He had ankle issues after his freshman season. He rushed for 1,900 yards that first year. And, man, he should have won the Heisman. They gave it to old Leinert instead. Yeah. <laughs> he should have won it. But at that time, in college football, they were not giving out Heisman trophies to freshmen. It was no. taboo. But no. now they do. Now they do. Now they do. They've done it twice in the last – Four years. And Adrian was a true freshman at that time, man. That would have been epic if he would have won it. Mine, Still mad. Mine is uh, R.I.P. Kobe. He uh, Football has always been my favorite sport. Always will be. Nothing will replace football. I love football. I love baseball. I actually, honestly, gun to my head, I probably love soccer. Like, real major league. like Or not major, but uh, like... Uh, Manchester United, like like real soccer. I love that more football. than more than football. I love it more than the NBA. But Kobe Bryant, to me, it was the epitome of an athlete, like somebody that like first in, last out. That was Kobe, and so yeah, he's he's my favorite athlete of all time. Now, growing up, were you a huge MJ fan? Yeah, I was, and I think that my I have, that he was what got Michael Jordan got me into basketball. Kobe Bryant is what made me want to like really get into sports and like follow athletes and like follow basketball more. Like Michael Jordan, oh man, I watched uh, the only time I would watch basketball when was when Michael Jordan was playing. Oh right? yeah, definitely. I was a huge Bulls fan growing up. Yeah, everybody was because of Michael, but because yeah, he was Kobe. Kobe made me a basketball fan. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, but with MJ, man. He was such an iconic figure even then when we were kids. I would stay up late and watch basketball on TV. And I played basketball at a young age because of MJ. So the first athlete that I ever followed was Michael Jordan and probably the triplets in Dallas. I mean, those were my idols. Best childhood memory. Oh, man. That's an easy one. I could say going to the lake with my dad growing up practically every weekend and him sacrificing whatever it meant for us to to make it happen like he went to the end of the world and back so that we could have a boat we could take those trips to greenbelt or to meredith or lake texoma and i just have a lot of those good precious memories with him and camping out and fishing you know a lot of people 
get into hunting later in life. I, we have some friends that are into that now, but you know, m- me growing up fishing, I, w- I was always a fisherman and I was always an outdoors kid and camping, fishing, you know, swimming at the lake. That was my childhood. So those memories will always be precious to me. And I'll always remember. Yep. I, I, I kind of have something similar. Uh, my, my grandfather, uh, he was my grandpa, my mom's dad, but I called him Pa. And um, one, he, there is a fishing memory I have, but at the time I didn't appreciate fishing like I do today. And so I, I, that, that one sticks out. It was a fishing trip with just me and him. Um, and I, it, in hindsight, honestly, it's something I hate because I wish I would have been how I am now then. Because especially what happened to him. Like if I would have known this was going to be like a, this was a something that was, this was something that was planned by my mother and my grandmother. Hey, let's get them to have like more of a father figure in his life. It was a, I was very young at the time. I think it was like 10 or 12, 10 or 11. Um, but it was, it was definitely like, Hey, let's, let's, let's include him into this. And you could tell he tried. And I just remember him standing in there in the middle of the Lake Greenbelt fishing and i just wasn't that into it and that that's like one big regret of mine it was like god damn it get your feet in the water go fish uh but we did take a trip to denver to see his cousins and that trip uh from amarillo to denver which just hit me and him always sticks out we went to this really awesome barbecue place at pike's peak halfway up the, the mm-hmm. you know you take the train up yep, we did that as kids yeah. and there's a barbecue place you eat at halfway there and i just remember that trip and it's just i didn't at the time appreciate it for what it was but after he passed away i i, I appreciate it way more and all i can say to that is if you're listening and you have somebody that it's kind of like somebody that you you appreciate in your life um, tell them how much you love them because you never really know when, when that's going to be taken away from you. But yeah, that, that's, that's one of my favorites. Um, I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> we, what, we, what, we will not get to all 20. No, 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 no. What, what did you want to do after high school? What was like the one thing you, you pictured yourself doing after high school? Well, at the time, I was really exhausted from from playing sports and I wanted to take a break. But then at the same time, I wanted to continue and try to have a college, somewhat of a college career playing either baseball or football, which I got lazy. I could admit that. I got lazy and I just kind of let that go. And I wanted to eventually be a coach. And so I started college at Amarillo College and eventually got my associates then transferred to WT and got got my my undergrad there and you know life happened and I coached for a, a couple of years and then I had to get out of coaching but now I'm back in so this is really always my career now has always been something that I've so wanted to you, do so you would say you're where you wanted to be you're heading I would that say way that. with the with the exception of not fulfilling my playing days after high school, which I really, really knew I had the skill to do, I just, I just became lazy and got into the whole partying scene and, and just didn't pursue that further, which I, I wish I would have after, after high school, but it just never happened. And I had a family at a young age. You know, my, my, I had my son when I was 21. I became, officially became a father at 20, basically. And, you know, after that, it was all family life. Family life and all my friends were single so I had to kind of do it backwards, which 
I wouldn't trade anything. You know, I wouldn't change anything. I don't regret anything. It's just, that's the way it happened. And, you know, I'm just trucking along and I'm still trying to live out my dream with, you know, getting through grad school. I'm almost at the end of the tunnel, which that's been really, really difficult the past two years, but I'm almost there. And getting a degree from OU is something that I've always dreamed about. And getting my master's in general, for, first and foremost, is something I've always wanted to accomplish and obtain is, is to get to that point in my educational career. So I feel like I'm almost there. I have a huge freaking two weeks in front of me, man. I have to take my comprehensive finals exams. So I'm going to be stressed the next two weeks. You'll, you'll, you'll get it, man. Like, I'm super proud of you because where you're at in your life is where I saw you start to head after high school and like things happen and the person you were with and you know, you had real life problems and, and things kind of get in the way of those things, but you're, you're finishing. I think it's cool. I, I give props to anybody that ever finishes something that they start. And that, that's kind of what you've always done. Uh, so I think that's great. And I think you're headed for the right direction and eventually, you know, you're going to have, Everything that you set forward, I can't wait to watch you uh, graduate from OU. I, I know that's a big dream of yours, and to know that you are going to have behind your name a degree from the University of Oklahoma, which that's, if you know anything about James, that's something he holds dear. I think that's super cool. and uh, it's, a, it's a childhood dream, and also it's, it's a professional dream of mine to get that level of education and to apply that to my career now. Mm-hmm. So. It's just, it's just one of those things. It's been a grind. It's been tough. It's been hell, but you, you cannot stop on a dream. You've got to push no matter the, the adversity that comes in your way. You've, you've got to overcome it somehow, some way. Don't lose sight. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, you know, I always wanted to be a comedian. That was my, what I saw myself doing after high school. And, uh, I just wasn't taking it seriously enough to be a real successful stand-up comedian. You have to move where all the real, real comic mm-hmm. clubs are. Most of them are in LA, LA near the comedy uh, store, San Francisco, and New York. And I just didn't do that, and it didn't work out that way. Um, so no, I, I'm, I'm not where I pictured I was going to be. But uh, you know, I'm going back to school right now, trying to get into the nursing program to eventually, like I've become, yeah. I've become a paramedic and I'm you know, not trying to toot my own horn, but I've become a very good paramedic and I want to be, definitely a, I want to be a good nurse and I want to be a good nurse practitioner someday because it is the, the closest thing I can do to becoming a doctor without having to go to med school. So, uh, yeah, fuck uh, that. <laughs> I'm yeah, it's fucking a pain in the ass. This is going to be a pain in the ass. I'm going to be in school for seven years. So, uh, I'm not looking forward to it, but yeah. Um, the next one is, what, in your opinion, is the biggest moment in U.S. history? In your opinion, what is the biggest moment in U.S. history? Um, coming out on top during World War Two. World, World War Two. I, I was wondering if you were going to say this. So, like, I love World War Two. Uh, me and James are both huge history buffs. I think it, in another life, I would probably be a history. Uh, I'd probably be a, a college professor in history because I love history. Um, I'm a big buff in it. James, yeah. I J- love modern James history. Lo- James man. loves that too. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't want to do like shit 
pre eighteen fifty. Like I taught last year, I was a social studies teacher, and it was my first year as a social studies teacher. And we did from the Revolutionary War all the way to the Civil War. And you know that time period is really cool. You know uh, the thirteen colonies and how you know United States became the United States and gained independence from Britain and all that. That it's awesome. But I'm more of you know twentieth century on. I'm really a fan of 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 World War One, World War Two, um, Vietnam War, Korean War, all that, all the different wars. I, I grew up that way because my grandfather was in World War Two, so a part of me has always wanted to be a soldier and be a part of a military. I don't, I'm not, right. I don't know which not, branch. Not, not military as post like 1950, but like in like the heydays, like the the Great War and then World War Two. Yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, I, I think that if if we did not defeat nazi germany and japan we would we'd be under their rule right now and our uh, lives would be totally different there would be a nazi flag flying at every government building right now and if you don't think what he just said is true that is true like if you don't know history like if we didn't we if we didn't step up if hitler was able to overcome all the things that he tried to during world war ii and, and succeeded yeah james is 100 percent correct I mean, you would see a swastika everywhere. Um, it would be, you know, under fascist rule, and it would just be a national socialist party that we would all have to follow and be a part of, no matter what. So the uh, the one biggest moment in U.S. history, in my opinion, was something that we actually lived through. Uh, September 11, 2001. Mm-hmm. 9-11 is, in my opinion the biggest turning point um, because for so many reasons, like number one is it implemented so many as a first responder, it implemented so many different changes to way paramedics, firefighters, police officers operate their day to day operations. Like it had so, like the Oklahoma city bombing and nine 11 changed so much shit for firemen, police officers and paramedics. Uh, those two things really stand out. Uh, definitely nine 11 more so. Uh, two, we're still seeing like the, um, effects of nine 11, like the weather, whether, whether you want to look at it as like territorial control in the middle East where we're controlling like opium and poppy fields or oil fields and oil, things like yeah. that. Like it's just, it's just still prevalent in our day and age. I just, I'm talking about the grand scheme of things, um, the, the impact that it had on national security, uh, what we've already talked about with not, uh, with with first responders, just the changes that it made, and just living through that, and maybe maybe that's why to me it's the biggest thing, uh, is because we actually lived through that. But yeah, nine eleven is is mine. I mean, we've lived through so much within such a short amount of time within our life lifespan. And, and, you know, with the pandemic that just hit, I mean, it's, it's so weird and bizarre and eerie that, that we went through nine 11 as teenagers. And now we're going through this as adults. It's, this is going to change the course of history as well. Just like nine 11 did with the You're whole COVID, COVID, COVID yeah. and the pandemic, this is going to change how we do things moving forward. And it's just, it's, it's crazy that we we've experienced so much within 33, 34 years. Yeah, it's it's weird, right? We 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 talked about like earlier. I remember when COVID was starting to peak. 
uh, we we said on this podcast, this is our children's nine eleven, is what we referred to it as. Yeah, and so um, yeah, they, I mean, they will remember this. Th- this is definitely up there. Um, it's weird, right? Like more people died from COVID than nine eleven. Like a a lot more, a lot, a lot more. more, right? Uh, like like three hundred times more. But uh, it's 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 weird. Um, it's weird that it it always feels like every twenty years or so there's some big event catastrophic. That, yeah, that, that like so right event. so right now it's COVID. Twenty years ago, nine eleven. Uh, twenty years before that, what probably the Iraqi War, maybe. Uh, Gorbachev tear down this wall kind of thing. Yeah, twenty years before Berlin that wall. Yeah. Twenty twenty years before that, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yep. Well, that that was longer than twenty years, but uh, but yeah, kind of, okay. I guess pigs. I guess twenty 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 years from nineteen ninety three would have been uh, Vietnam, mm-hmm. and and then before that, you know, the Bay of Pigs, uh, the the Cuban Missile Crisis, Korean War. Before that, World War Two, Cold War. Before that, sixties. Before that, the Titanic. 50s. Before that, World War One. Before that, you know, the Civil War. Yeah, There's always something every 20 years or so. War of 1812. I just There's conflict throughout our history that, that, is, that has always remained constant, and it will always remain constant through our future. It's a, it's a sad truth, but that's, that's the, the, the pattern of, of humanity. Yep. Yeah, I, I really I, I kind of agree with that. I, I don't think we're, you know, we may get away from COVID, but in ten years, you know, we're going to be experiencing something else, and it's probably like, North it's, Korea. It's like it's like <laughs> what what's what's happened right now that's made our get ourselves off of our mind off of COVID. It, fucking Texas ex- experiencing more snow than ever. For us in the Panhandle, it hadn't been that bad, but mm-hmm. like places in Texas that don't get it, it's been catastrophic. So yeah. There's always something on the horizon that will fucking, uh, to, to quote Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black 2, there's always something, whether it's a Karelian death ray or something that is willing to wipe out life on this miserable little planet. The only problem is these people do not know about it. And and you know what? There will be another Ice Age in our future. Oh, 100%. I always love the quote with, uh, uh, I think it was Albert Einstein that said this, uh, I know not what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but I know that World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. Yep, and that is a true statement that that we can all get behind and really believe and, and think we'll, logically we'll, we'll, about. We'll, des- we'll destroy ourselves before anything else. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, real quick, kind of to piggyback on the the previous one, was what is the craziest moment in sports you've ever witnessed, whether live or on TV? What is the craziest thing? Doesn't matter if it's basketball, football, uh, golf, anything. What is the craziest thing to you that's like uncharacteristically unbelievable, insurmountable? Cannot believe you witnessed that, man. I have to go back to recent times to answer this question because I've watched so much football. I think you're going to still mind. I've watched so much of my Sooners play. I mean, I, I, I watch every snap, every season. And this is, this is one of the greatest comebacks in sports history, and it just happened recently in 2019. Okay. You didn't um, steal it. 
good. Yeah, I didn't steal it. But I have to go with something that I know that I that I watch on a regular basis, and that is my Oklahoma Sooners. And and they were they were playing Baylor a couple years ago down in Waco, and they were down twenty eight to three, kind of like the the Falcons were were up on the Patriots in the Super Bowl twenty eight to three. And that's up there. And, and and they come back, they win, and it's it's the largest comeback in school history, the largest you know comeback in program history. It's it's just one of those that sticks out to me because it's it's it, it happened a couple years ago and I just could not believe it, man. None of us could. None of us as fans could believe that that happened because one, our defense has been so terrible within the past five years and being in a hole that that big with Jalen Hurts behind quarterback, he's not the type of gunslinger that can really. Hey, you know what? It gives me faith of us trading Carson Wentz for Jalen to be the quarterback, <laughs> and maybe he is the guy. I mean, looking back at that game, if, as an Eagles fan, I would I would be optimistic of how Jalen Hurts played in that type of environment so, with that adversity. Have you seen the quote he gave last week? Uh-uh. So he re, he responded uh, to a Philadelphia reporter with the Carson Wentz uh, news. He's he's been working out in Texas from because i think he's from texas yeah he's down uh, he's from, he's uh, he took all Houston. all the eagles receivers that are there currently not not i don't think alshon went but we he he took greg ward uh travis fulham uh i think uh dallas goddard went down there and he took all these guys down there to work out with them with the new quarterbacks coach uh that uh our our coach hired and uh, he, he took them all down there. Well, a, a Philadelphia reporter followed him down there after that workout that they did. This was on Friday. And, uh, you know, obviously we, we, we traded Carson Wentz to Indianapolis. Um, you know, I say we because, you know, for those listening, I am an Eagles fan. Um, Carson Wentz got traded to Indianapolis. They did this workout with all the – he took all the – he flew personally on his fucking contract. He flew all these Philadelphia receivers down there uh, to work out with him. And they, he was interviewed by a Philadelphia reporter, and they asked him. They said, uh, "What you know? Uh, what are what are your thoughts on uh, the Carson Wentz trade? And what are your thoughts on the rumors that the organization may be going after quarterback in the draft?" And his response was, "I don't care if uh, I, it, you know, cool, whatever on them. I don't care if it's him, which he was referring to Carson, or you know." They hire and or they draft the second coming of Joe Montana. I'm gonna show up and bust my ass, is what he said. And and you know what? To me, granted, like he was on pace to throw more picks than Carson. Like if you put him in a 16 game season, granted he is he was a rookie. Carson was in his fifth year, but he was a, he was on pace to throw more interceptions than Carson. But that attitude alone, to me. The way his his uh, his uh, his his uh, his demeanor, and his mentality towards he is that is Philadelphia. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he doesn't give a shit. I'm I'm here. I'm gonna. I like him. He he's growing on me. And I am I'm, I'm really, especially at this point as an Eagles fan, I really hope they don't dra- try to go after a quarterback in the draft. Like let's 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 build around this dude. And the thing about because, him is because there's always been that he might not possess all the talent and everything that you want out of a quarterback. And yeah, I watched him in college. He's he's he was always inconsistent. But at the same time, you know, to play devil's advocate and to what I'm kind of piggyback off of what my thing is for this topic, uh, Tom Brady 
was drafted in the seventh round. Yep. So 199th overall. Let's let's uh or fifth. Fifth or seventh? One of the seventh. I think it was seventh. It was 199th. But it's like, you know what? With that attitude, let's see what Duke can do. And you know what? He hasn't he's been in this situation before at Alabama. He lost his job to a freshman. Yep. And that's why he transferred. He loved Alabama. He 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 took them all the way to the national championship and got benched at halftime. You, you can already see the locker room is starting to rally around Jalen Hurts. They're they're buying into multiple people of uh, multiple Eagles players have taken to Twitter and, and 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 like sold in on Hurts and like just his attitude alone is like and like him all these receivers whether you know Philly's receivers are trash but at the same time they are NFL receivers and if they're buying into Jalen and being like hey we're going to go down and 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 practice with dude. I think that that's telling. Well, you know, he, he's dealt with criticism his entire life, entire life. He's been doubted at Alabama. He was criticized at Oklahoma because at Oklahoma, we have such a high standard for, for quarterbacks. And he was just, he, he was not the prototypical quarterback that we're used to, but we loved him anyway, because of, he put his head down, he went to work and he didn't complain and he busted his ass. He's I, a team player. I, I really think, and I'm not trying, I don't mean any ill will when I say this, cause I respect the fuck out of this man when I'm about to say this, like as a quarterback of who he is now, I really think, I really think if we don't draft a quarterback and we, we buy into Jalen, he's going to be our Dak Prescott. Yeah. Like he, like Dak started off kind of in the same boat. Jalen is like, no, oh, we don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll give you the keys, but we're not sold on you yet. And then Dak made people sold. And I'm I'm a hundred percent like I hate the Dallas Cowboys with every bone in my body, but they are fucking stupid if they don't buy into Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean he that. Do you see what I'm saying? Like Jalen, Jalen's in that position. Jalen. He can survive in a place like Philly that's so rabid and so passionate about who because they have behind center because he's he's endured all this at a young age already. He's so he's, he's so like he's beyond his age. It's so weird. Like in like me, like I'm not your typical Philly fan, but that kid, man, he is Philadelphia. He's he's rough. He's blue collar. He he's he's a roughneck, and I think I'm I'm sold on him to like just just from his attitude alone. I'm like, okay, give him the keys and let's see what he can do. Yeah, until he, he, he fu- until he fucks up, that's that's my QB one is Jalen Hurts. Well, he he deserves a chance based on the production that he put on the field because when he got his I, opportunity. What, what else do I have, right? And I don't think I think Philly is in this. It's just more testament testament to how stupid Howie Roseman is if he drafts tries to trade away these picks that we got to go after our quarterback like Justin Fields or Zach Wilson who. In my opinion, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, that's a Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? We already have that. Let's let's if you want a quarterback, draft him in the third round. Draft draft somebody that's not and like you know what's funny is like uh, there's all talk on Twitter, Eagles Twitter right now that they're gonna draft uh this motherfucker from North Dakota State. Carson wins to school, Trey uh whatever his fucking name is. Uh at North Dakota State, the quarterback I think he only played in like two games this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're talking about drafting him, and I'm yeah, like, I don't know his name. Okay, well, motherfucker, a don't do that. He's no better than Jalen, obviously, because of who he's like. Look at what Jalen did in his career. He played for Alabama. He played under, you know, arguably the greatest college quarter or college 
coach of all time. The yeah, I would say the greatest college coach of all time. And then he went and played with, under Lincoln Riley, who's one of the up and coming yeah. great college co- uh, uh, coordinators so, and head coaches. And then you you want to trade the quarterback that came from that school to draft a quarterback from that school to replace? Like it's just a I mean, bad. Yeah, situation. you make a good point because you look who whose hands have been on him: Nick Saban, yeah. Lincoln Riley. I, I yeah, like quarterback. My guru. only problem with Jalen Hurts is the inconsistency I watched from him in OU. But the the fact that he, uh, but, he but he still he was still a but, Heisman but runner up. He came that, in second. That and the fact is, a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, he was on pace to throw more picks than Carson Wentz." Well, Carson Wentz was in his fifth year in the NFL. Jalen Hurts was a rookie. There's a difference. And our offensive line was trash. So you know what? I I I let let's see what the motherfucker can do with some good old linemen and some decent receivers and some and some motherfucker that's actually gonna call plays that caters to him. Yeah, your, uh, your your system has got to fit the players you have. It can't be the other way around. You're trying to force players to fit into a system that they, they don't have the skill set for. Your system has got to fit the players. So Sorry I got off on that tangent. No, uh, you're good. But, but, but with uh, the craziest sports moment, that's that's your number one, really. That's, that's that's the most recent one that comes in my mind, just thinking off the top of my head. Just because of I, rem- I remember watching that game and all of the different twists and turns that it took to get to that point. Like There were so many... There, there was a couple fumbles in there where Baylor should have taken taken advantage and scored on the, on those opportunities, those turnovers, but it didn't happen. And I remember just thinking after the game, I can't fucking believe that just happened. Like that is insane. I was I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I like that. I, I like your pick. I'm gonna kind of piggy up back off of that. I have two that come to mind that are recent. One is one is gonna be an honorable mention. And I'll briefly touch on it, and then I'll go on the one that I'm actually picking for the craziest sports moment. Uh, number one, or excuse me, the one that I would call like close to being. Um, this is this happened in the NFL playoffs this year. The Cleveland Browns, man. A lot of people don't know. If you're not like a real NFL fan, the Cleveland Browns that you know of today. These aren't the Cleveland Browns that were in the NFL many, many, many years ago. For for those that don't know, um, so back in the day, it used to be called the Baltimore Colts. The Baltimore Colts eventually became uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Well, there was no ball team in Baltimore. The Cleveland Browns got re- reallocated to Baltimore to become the Baltimore Ravens. And then, in, I think, in what ninety nine two thousand, the Cleveland Browns came back, back, yeah, and, and they made the Cleveland Browns, and they've been fucking terrible ever since they came back in the NFL. And uh, I think it was ninety nine when there was somewhere. I think it was I think it was ninety nine when the Browns became the Ravens. And what's crazy is so many fans, so many hardcore NFL fans, don't know. They all think that the Baltimore Ravens are some like additional team, like the the Texans. Uh, kind of like uh, how a certain friend of ours like would wear Oilers jerseys because he's a Texans fan, not knowing that that's technically a Titans jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the the Ravens became a team, and um, out of the Cleveland Browns. Well, the Cleveland Browns have been terrible since '99, and uh, they were heavily, heavily under-favored in this year's NFL playoffs. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were heavily favored, which 
I was one of the one people saying that the Browns were going to beat the Steelers in this playoff game because the Steelers, in my opinion, their their schedule competition was very lackluster, and I just didn't believe in them. And the Cleveland Browns had a way better defense, and their offensive line is probably the best offensive line in football. And when I say offensive line, I mean they don't just pass protect, man, but they get after people and they let like people like Nick Chubb just run all over you. Um, they were the MVPs of that game, and if you know the game I'm talking about, like the, this this game with the Steelers and Browns, just what the Steelers that the turnovers that they were able to like uh, the defense played lights out. The defense was able to get pressure on the quarterback. Miles Garrett had a hell of a game. He was in Ben Roethlisberger's face all night. I think Ben Roethlisberger threw four interceptions that game before half. Or three three of those were before halftime. Yeah. And and to me, just just knowing if you know anything about the Cleveland Browns and and the history of that team, like. To the, that the the hell that that fan base has had to endure. The, oh yeah, wearing to, brown bags over their heads to, to go into that game and just play stellar and like I think what it was it was like twenty eight to nothing at halftime. It, it was like twenty eight to nothing. I think going into the at the end of the first quarter, going into the second quarter. Yeah, it, that's it, how it was. It was fucking lopsided. It was, it was, a, it was. It was a route, and, and Pittsburgh started to come back, but. But it was too far gone, and, Cleveland, and just Cleveland like, continued to put the ball in the ba- end zone. And Baker did what he needed to do. He game managed, which is I've always said. Like I've always been a big proponent of defense. Like I think if you have a stellar defense, you don't need a star quarterback. You don't no. need you don't need a Tom Brady. Defense will always you win don't need, championships. You, you don't need an Aaron Rodgers. You don't need a Peyton Manning. If you have like I think I think NFL GMs got it wrong. I think they should focus on linebackers and your pass rush. You focus on linebackers and your pass rush and some decent corners and safeties, and then you go after a really skilled running back and a quarterback that can game manage, that can't that focuses on not turning the ball over and can game manage and an offense, you know, you run seventy five percent of the time and you pass on short down. That's all. That's gonna win you a Super Bowl, man. And that's that's pretty much what Cleveland is. They've got a great running game. That, so I think, and they've still got superstars in the skill positions. I they, that game alone kind of backs off, piggybacks off what I'm saying. Like a star defense, a quarterback in Baker, who's not a star quarterback in this league, but and a running back who can convert on like Nick Chubb on on a on decent down. Like they. They have all the intangibles, and uh, yeah, they got a one-two punch with him and Kareem Hunt. I mean, Chubb and him—they're—they're—they're they're, they're pretty lethal back there. They're that, efficient. Those I—I sure. I will never not say that. That's that's the. Uh, so you're that you were super surprised and taken away that 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 happened. Not surprised, but I'm like like I said, like that's that's they have those. That's that's what should have won. I was just surprised for Cleveland, for those fans. If I was a Cleveland fan, like that's that's up there in sports moments to me is like one of the greatest things I've ever seen is is the turnovers. Yeah. Like been through four interceptions in the first half, which I, I've I've said for years. I've never been a big fan of Big Ben. Um, you get pressure on him; he's not mobile. He's big. He's like a big slow fat statue. Um, he 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 can't perform 
good with he's like Eli Manning with pressure in his face. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, but I'm just saying, like in the big grand scheme of things, like what they did, that that's fucking phenomenal to me. And they could have even one upped it the next week by beating Kansas City, which they had every opportunity to they, beat. They them. they they and that you know what's crazy? So you know what's mad. crazy? You what's crazy? As you could look at it from a football f- fan standpoint, the game before that, Pittsburgh lost that game. Cleveland, Cleveland lost, lost that, that game. Man, they, they had the ball with five minutes to go, and all they had to do was go down and score. They would have put the game away. You know, Kansas City was on their backup quarterback. Pat Mahomes was knocked out of the game. Like they ha- it, was, it was set up for victory and, and they couldn't even get a first down on that drive and i was just like so disappointed i want to see baker lead them all the way down score in the game go to the uh, afc championship and actually catapult that 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 organization to a place that they haven't been since the, the 80s i mean I, I was disappointed man to say the least and i didn't want to see kansas city there again personally i'm tired of the whole kansas city bandwagon train that's been fucking steaming ahead and plowing over everybody and everybody's opinions, and the whole Pat Mahomes, you know, he's a great quarterback. Yeah, he, he's great. He he's, is. He is. But you know what? Andy Andy Reid coached in that game. Like that's the thing. the The reason they lost that game, a you know, Pat didn't have his left and right tackle, which that's that's huge for a quarterback like Pat Mahomes. Like obviously, it affected him. But B, Andy Reid was just flat out coached in that Super Bowl, hundred percent. Yeah, they they were off all night they didn't they weren't in sync that offense was not explosive like it normally was throughout the season and has been the past two years they were just out of whack my my one thing that i would pick for this topic like what is in my opinion the greatest moment in sports history that i've ever witnessed would be uh you know i i start to think about like greatest final game performances and and games that come to mind is uh he didn't he didn't do really good but like just be the caliber of player he is um but Emmett Smith he was an Arizona Cardinal and his final game was against the Dallas Cowboys and uh he only had like 45 55 yards so he didn't do great and then i think about uh um oh what's his name the Yankees pitcher 40 40 42. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, fuck. What's his name? The Hispanic gentleman. Pedro, no. No, 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 no. Like, Riviano. What's his last name? Rivera. Yeah, Rivera. Uh, He had... He pitched... Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera. I think about him. He, He pitched a great game, his last game. Think about Wayne Gretzky. He played great. Didn't didn't really shine. Every all these athletes that are considered some of the best of all time, they don't ever have like the greatest last game. Peyton Manning, you know, he won a Super Bowl, but he wasn't the MVP of his Super Bowl. Um, he played a great game, but he wasn't he wasn't the one player that made the difference. In a non meaningless game, and this kind of piggybacks off of my favorite athlete. In a, in a meaningless game, the last game of the NBA season <laughs> in 2016, I went and saw the game before his last game. He only scored 15 points. He had ice on his knees, and I was like, ah, man, this is just sad. I grew up watching Kobe Bryant thinking, you know, this is my hero, and I'm finally getting to see him, and he, he played 
he played. I got to see him. It was great. I finally got to watch him in person, but he only scored 15 points. He's icing his knee after halftime, and uh, Lakers got their ass beat by the Oklahoma City Thunder when uh, Harden wasn't there anymore, but uh, Westbrook was still we- there. Westbrook was still there, and, yeah. um, you know, they got their ass kicked. Well, the next game, Kobe Bryant's finale against the Utah Jazz came down to the wire. And in a meaningless game, the Lakers weren't going to the postseason. I have never, ever seen a player. Like, when you hear the term leaving it all out there, whether that's leaving it all on the field, leaving it all on the court, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, and especially given, like, the turn of events of what happened to him, he really, truly did leave everything out on the court. Kobe Bryant, for one last time, and you, you could talk about the shot percentage. Yeah, he, he took a lot of shots that night. But for somebody that literally, whose, doctor, whose doctors have said is bone on bone, as far as his knees, he had no cartilage in his knees, to score 60 points and to trail for three and a half quarters and to come back and win the game, like he won the game. Again, mm-hmm. and, and it's not like, honestly, it's it's kind of like one of those things like you could picture the, the Utah Jazz being like, okay, this is Kobe Bryant. This is one of the greats. This game means nothing. We're going to the playoffs even if we lose or win tonight. We're still in the, we're still the eighth seed. Uh, this game is meaningless to us. No, they defended the fuck out of Kobe because they, 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 they saw it as a challenge to go and be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against this guy. This is one of the greatest of all time. And, and to to for Kobe Bryant to score sixty points at the age of thirty nine, and and just kind of or thirty eight, I think he was thirty eight, and uh, score sixty, like it, that to me is the greatest sports moment that that trumps his eighty one points against Toronto in two thousand five, like. It just kind of seals the deal of why he is my favorite athlete. The man never quit, and and he coined the phrase "mama mentality." But that, like, on a meaningless game, to just be like, "Hey, this is why we play sports." His family was fucking courtside. Gianna, that tragically passed away with him, uh, was there watching. And and the cool thing, the cool moment about that game to me was like Kobe was balling off, but his daughters never saw how. That's how dad played. They never saw that. They would, and so like to see Natalia and Gianna just be like mesmerized by the way he fucking played and be like, oh my God, dad could do that? Yeah, your dad could do that on an easy night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just like seeing all these players and like Shaq, like, whole, like there's, a, there's a shot that he makes. Uh, close to the end of the game. It's a three point shot and it just goes in and like Snoop Dogg and like Shaq is just like, what the fuck? And Shaq is famously quoted for saying, "He's like, uh, well, I, 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 I told it. I told him to. Uh, I, I told him. I said, I bet you can't drop fifty, and the motherfucker got sixty. Yeah, like I, I remember watching that game with you at your house on Manhattan, and man, that was an iconic game. It was a mem- memorable night. It was his last." You know, he he his didn't last he, outing. He, 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 he took so many. What's crazy is, is like he was missing, like his shot percentage is very poor in that game overall. And most, but the crazy thing about it, if you look at the stats, 
most of his missed shots were in the first half. In the first half, he was missing a lot. He was bricking brick, 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 brick. Yep. And then in the second half, it was like he fucking flipped Tom Brady mode and just yep. fucking sank everything. And that's how you want to see the greats go out, man. I mean, uh, the very last moment that they're stepping foot on the court or on the field, you want to see them excel and, and exceed expectations because you've no matter what team that you're a fan of, you got to be a fan of greatness. And mm-hmm. to see greatness go out on top in such a dramatic and successful fashion, I mean, there's nothing better than that in sports. And, you know, there's another moment that you experienced in person hmm. uh, that you didn't mention, but I'm going to throw it out there. The Texas That's, A&M seven overtime against that, that to me, LSU. That, that is the greatest, greatest in my opinion. And it's, it, it's a little bit biased because I'm an Aggie. But to me, that is the best college football game of all time. And I got to witness it in person. And, like, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I hate on Kellen Mond more than any other Aggie on the planet because he is so inconsistent. I can't believe that he's probably it, – it, it just make I just can – I'm totally – I think that he's going to get drafted by Philadelphia. I just see it happening. Which, <laughs> honestly, having Jalen Hurts and Kellen Mond, whatever. I'll take Kellen Mond as a backup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever. But I could just see that I'd be cursed for that to happen. But uh, EDP will kill himself if y'all take Kellamon. <laughs> oh I hope yeah, that doesn't happen. Uh, it, it that that game, man, it's rare. It, it's it's to get what James is getting at. It's just sports are great, man. And and like if you if you don't find your passion in sports, it's crazy. Like I remember, like a lot of people like try to become like soccer fans every time like the u.s is in the world cup Mm -hmm. um there 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 was a moment in in 2000 and i think it was the 2008 or 2009 world cup but landon donovan who's a terrible not terrible but he's good by u.s standards right but this is like this is the number one sport on the planet and we're just somewhat decent at it as Americans. You know what I mean? And Landon Donovan is nowhere near a great athlete, but the goals that he made, like I remember that, man, like just seeing Landon Donovan score those goals and, and like just the fans going wild, like just just things like that, like those big moments, like yeah. I love sports. And like I'm an Atlanta Braves fan till the day I die, but holy fuck, if I wasn't on the edge of my seat screaming at the TV, for for the fucking Cubbies to win that World Series, and they did, and like just to just to know, like just being yep. a sports fan and seeing the Cubs win the World Series, like I was just I I still get chills to this day thinking about that game, and and like you know uh, Troy uh, Troy or not Troy man Joe Buck gets so much shit, but I can still hear in the back of my mind uh, his call, like of how the 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 pitch gets hit. And then the, the the right fielder throws it in to first base to the cutoff man or the cutoff man to first base. They turn to game over. Cubs win the World Series. Like just hearing Joe Buck do that still gives me I'm, chills. I'm jealous that that he has those moments in his career that like, yeah that live right in, that live in infamy. Like he's always going to be known for that moment. He's part of that moment, and nobody can take that away from him. I've never got the hate on Joe Buck. I love Joe Buck. Like, my favorite, other than Tony Romo, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I love listening to them. Yeah. I don't get it. I like. I love Tony Romo, and I love, you know, Troy Aikman. He I, takes I, his jabs at the Cowboys. He does. rightfully should. I, I, mean, I would like to hear Joe Buck, and just because of his voice, yeah. and, 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 and Tony. 
call games but, one day. But John Madden, man, he's just to me. He's 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 at the top of my list. I, I used to love listening to John. He was just iconic. His voice, his deep, you know, take of every game. It, he was just one of those guys that that when you think of football, you think of John Madden. When you think of sports casting, you think of John Madden because he's iconic. He he was just the voice of of the NFL for so long. I I completely agree. Um, to finish this up, we'll, we'll rapid fire these last two. Is there what is the one time period that you would love to be this age in? Like if you could be the age you are now. What time period would you pick and why? Real quick. Oh, man. Right now, probably be the 1950s because America at the time was booming. Uh, families were were more of a family back then. Um, things were a little bit more slower. Things were simple. And there was a bright outlook on life, mm-hmm. on, on America's future. So uh, being a family man like I am now, being a part of a time period where there weren't as many distractions and, and more of a family type uh, lifestyle and atmosphere and, and just the, 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 the type of, of, of way of life that people lived back then. Everybody was so courteous and respectful. I mean, the manners went a long way. I, I just now being an adult, I would have loved to have lived back then in the 1950s. I, I love the, the pop culture. I love the music. I love the style and the cars. You know, I mentioned that earlier, but yeah, that would be mine. I like that. I I, I think I'm kind of with you. Like the uh, I like the old. I love listening to old like film noir stories, like of the like right after World War II ends, like the '47 to '51, like being like a detective and like that 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 shit, like that time period. I love that. Uh, but my number one, like if I had to pick, like my age now, would be like 1985. Like, but I would not hear, right? Like being like 1985 in downtown, like Miami or in Manhattan, like a studio 54 and just like having like the Coke parties and like the crazy <laughs> shit that would ha- that would come with the eighties. It was, it, it's like taboo to think, but at the time was norm. Yeah. Like just experiencing those things that, that would be number one. Like your mom did back in the eighties. She experienced, well, maybe she didn't partake in those. Activities, I don't think she did Coke, but that <laughs> time period she, she was a part of. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Like to be our age now, our age. Yeah. She was probably what in her mid to early thirties. Uh, no, she was in her late twenties. She graduated. 20. She graduated high school from PD at 82, 82. Yeah. So she would have been, yeah. Mid twenties, early twenties, early twenties. Yeah. Um, the last the last question we we totally skipped a lot of these but for time constraints but uh uh mary boff kill which if you know what that is it's like you gotta fuck one marry one kill one (laughs) i don't know man adolf hitler (laughs) donald trump nick saban (laughs) you gotta marry one kill one fuck one Oh my god. Let's I'm, hear it. I'm, I'm turning homosexual on this. Um <laughs> marry one, kill one. So fuck one. <laughs> I would I would marry um Donald Trump for his money. I would kill Adolf Hitler. He you gonna fuck Saban? I'd fuck Saban. <laughs> he deserves a good fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um 
you know, I, I, I like where you're going with it. I'm definitely marrying Trump for his money, but he's in, he's in like, I heard he's, he's like, what bankrupted twice or whatever, but he still has a ton of money. So yeah, I'm, he's definitely yeah, he's the been rich. rich his whole life. I would say I would rather have Trump's money than the other three, yeah. in my opinion. Even though Saban has some money, hey, he, Hitler he, was was Sa- rich too. Well, and Saban probably has more money than Hitler. I'm gonna marry Trump for his money. Uh, I'm gonna kill Adolf Hitler just because you know, f- fuck genocide and the things that he did. He's probably the worst. Probably the worst human being on the planet. I think most people could agree. Probably. There is nobody else on this planet that is worse than Adolf Hitler. And so, all of his, his men who carried out those, those heinous crimes. Goebbels and all that shit. Like, yeah, I, yeah I, would, I, would de- I would definitely kill Hitler. Marry Trump for his money. I actually, no. I'm going to take it back on you. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to marry Trump for mm-hmm. his money. I'm going to fuck Hitler because I'm a big fan of uh, Little Nicky, Adam Sandler's movie, <laughs> and they were putting that pineapple up his ass. So so I'd fuck, I'd fuck Hitler as part of his daily punishment. Like, he just gets a dick up the ass. But the football fan of me, I got to kill Saban, man. <laughs> like, I got to kill Saban. Oh, man, Saban. Love him or hate him, he's just—he's one of the greatest. He's the Bill Belichick of it in it. I mean, uh, he's, college. He surpassed his his predecessor, the uh, old Bear Bryant, and he is at the top of the college football mountain. And I don't think he'll ever, ever anyone will ever compare to him moving forward. I mean, he's just—he's—he's he's done so much within an eleven-year span, and then before that with LSU, win a national championship with them. Like he is just the greatest. He, he he is. is. I, I I give him a lot of shit. I fucking hate him, uh, but he is the greatest coach of all time. Uh, there there's more questions we have. Maybe one day we'll get to them. I, honestly, the reason we skipped a lot is because I can't read. We James had me write <laughs> these all with a, a a a felt marker, and like it's all smudged together, and I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, one was Coke or Pepsi, real quick. James Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Yeah, Pepsi. Now I would take a Pepsi over a Coke now. I've always been a Coke fan, always will be. Yeah, I love cocaine. Uh, my name is Joseph King. You are listening to Bomb City Locker Room Talk, episode 41. Be sure to listen this weekend. Hopefully this happens. It sounds like it's going to be in the works uh, to become full circle, but uh, we're going to have a true crime podcast with the very first homicide detective of Amarillo, Texas, who investigated the cases of J. Kelly Pinkerton and Johnny Frank Garrett. Uh, the the two daughters of this uh, illustrious detective in the Amarillo Panhandle. This is going to be a great podcast to hear. Um, if you were into a podcast where me and James just don't say anything and we just let people talk, be that's what what's going to happen. So we're excited to have this happen. Uh, this was Bomb City Locker Room Talk, Episode Forty One. My name is Joseph King, and I'm James Fairchild. Peace, peace.